Hi, we're here from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about why cougars and coyotes outlived dire wolves and saber-toothed cats. And how exactly you can acquire a taste. We'll also answer a listener question about whether blowing on hot food really makes it cooler. And stick around for an announcement about our show at the end of today's episode. Let's satisfy some curiosity. Cougars and coyotes have been around since the days of dire wolves and saber-toothed cats. When you think about it, though, there are some pretty big differences between those two pairs. Namely, one is kind of medium-sized and still around, and the other is massive and extinct. And a new study published in Current Biology may reveal the reason why. Turns out that when it comes to a predator's diet, it doesn't pay to be a picky eater. To come up with this conclusion, paleontologist Larissa DeSantis and her team turned to a treasure trove of fossil remains known as the La Brea Tar Pits. Today, it's located in urban Los Angeles, but for 50,000 years, this was a place where natural asphalt bubbled up from underneath the Earth's surface and trapped unlucky animals for eternity, or at least until scientists had a chance to dig them up. More than three and a half million fossils have been found there in the century or so we've spent excavating. And the fossils at La Brea are especially important because a lot of them come from during the late Pleistocene extinction event, which was when lots of mammals died off for mostly unknown reasons. Scientists do know the climate was warming at the time, which caused major disruptions to the ecosystem. And studying what happened to carnivores during that time could tell us more about how to help carnivores survive climate change today. For this study, DeSantis and her team collected fossils of coyotes, cougars, direwolves, and saber-toothed cats that lived at different points over time. Then they analyzed two things in their teeth, wear patterns and carbon isotopes, which are basically different types of carbon atoms. This analysis showed the researchers that saber-toothed cats kept mostly to the forest and direwolves hunted on grassland, so they weren't competing with each other for food. But their diets were highly specialized. Saber-toothed cats had evolved to take down large prey, and their big teeth weren't as effective at taking down smaller prey after their main food source became scarce. The dire wolves acted like modern wolves and ate by taking down prey along with some scavenging on the side. But smaller cats and dogs were less discerning in their diets. And the strange thing is, coyotes used to be a lot more specialized, but they adapted by becoming the more opportunistic hunters they are today. In short, coyotes and cougars were able to survive by getting smaller and becoming true opportunists. As for carnivores on today's warming planet, DeSantis told us that we need to think on an entire ecosystem level, saying, quote, we need to worry about the lions as much as we're worrying about the lion's prey, unquote. Why is it that we enjoy some foods and beverages that once tasted awful to us? It's called an acquired taste, sure. But how exactly does that acquisition work? Researchers have discovered that the answer is part psychology and part biology. First, the biology. Studies suggest that babies are born loving sweet flavors and that children prefer at least twice the concentration of sugar compared to adults. That's why those horrendously sweet treats are so tasty to an eight-year-old, but disgusting to us adults. And part of the reason they love this sweetness is because growing children need the quick calories. Studies that gave taste tests to children and adolescents have found that participants who'd stopped growing preferred sweetness about as much as adults did. So growth is a pretty big part of that process. Research also shows that children can detect bitter flavors in much lower concentrations than adults. Basically, kids are more sensitive to bitterness. 
that tolerance changes as you age. So there's some truth to the idea that you get used to flavors. And on top of that, studies have shown that eating bitter foods actually changes your saliva, and that in turn changes how you perceive bitter flavors. On top of becoming less sensitive to bitter flavors, your sense of taste in general starts to break down as you age. According to Stephen Parnes, an ear, nose, and throat doctor, women begin to experience taste loss in their 50s and men in their 60s. Okay, so that's the biology. Psychologically, the more you're exposed to something, the less you react to it. When scientists feed participants a squirt of lemon juice over and over, they salivate less and less. The same thing happens when you try the same food in the same context again and again. But get this. Changing your environment can cancel out your existing habituation to the food. This is a handy tip for anyone who has a bad association with a certain food. Just try it again at a different location and see if you have an easier time enjoying it. Did you hate your first IPA? Well, the next time you try one, don't do it in a loud bar on a bad first date who's checking their Tinder matches when you go to the bathroom. I feel personally attacked. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe just give it a shot when you're out with friends. And of course, no one should feel like they have to enjoy a particular food or drink. But maybe give it another try. Otherwise, you'll never know what you're missing out on. I came around to scotch really suddenly. Like, I used to think that it tasted like poison. And <laughs> and then one day, I was in a bar with friends, and I smelled someone's Macallan 12 from across the bar. And I walked over, and I was like, what is that? I need to have that. And I ordered a glass, and... I've been into scotch ever since. You're hardcore. It's delicious. Wow. We got a listener question from Ashley, no relation, who asks, does blowing on a hot liquid cool it or cool it faster than just letting it sit? That's a great question, Ashley. The answer is pretty simple. Yes, blowing on a hot liquid does help to cool it down. But how is pretty interesting and also brings up a bizarre physics question I've wondered about before. So the temperature of a liquid is determined by how fast the individual molecules within it are moving. That's why cream poured into cold brew coffee takes longer to disperse than when it's poured into hot coffee. The hot coffee molecules are moving faster and imparting that extra energy to the molecules of cream so that they match the temperature of the surrounding molecules a bit more quickly. But just like a foot race will have faster runners and slower runners, not all of the molecules in a hot liquid are moving at the same speed. Some are faster and some are slower. The fastest ones are hot enough to enter a new phase of matter and turn into gas that escapes the liquid and lowers its temperature, something you experience as steam. When you blow on a hot liquid, two things happen. Your relatively cooler breath replaces the hottest molecules hanging out above the liquid, which creates a relatively larger energy difference between the air and the liquid and helps the liquid cool more quickly. Kind of like putting it in a refrigerator if that refrigerator was the 98 degrees of your body. But those super energetic molecules in the steam also prevent other molecules from doing their own phase changing and escaping. So when you blow on the steam, you clear out space for other hot molecules to leave and take their extra energy with them. That brings me to the weird physics question that popped into my head. If fast moving molecules are hotter, why does blowing air feel cool? It turns out that fast is all relative. Molecules move at least 10 times faster than you can blow. So the extra speed you're adding is minuscule compared to the other effects I just described. Anyway, thanks for your question, Ashley. Before we recap what we learned today, we have an announcement about this show. 
Ashley and I are about to start working on some major, very exciting projects that we are super stoked about. I literally don't know how many details we're actually allowed to give away, though. Now, having said that, next weekend is Labor Day weekend here in the U.S., which is kind of the unofficial sign that summer is over. Wah, wah. And now that August is almost over, we're kicking things into high gear. And by that, we mean that we need time to dedicate to developing these new projects I mentioned to make them sound and look, hint, hint, great. So starting in September, we're going to be releasing Curiosity Daily Monday through Friday, five days a week. You might hear special weekend episodes once in a while, but today will be the last regularly scheduled Sunday episode we plan on releasing in the near future. Now, this might sound like we're giving you less, but the whole point of this is to give you more. This is the calm before the storm. Yeah, it's like taper week before a marathon. You run less and less so that you can just give it your all once the big day comes. Right, exactly. And good news, our listener questions are not going away. They're just moving. So starting in September, tune in every Friday to hear us answer your fantastic questions. And please keep them coming in to podcast at curiosity.com. That's right. Listener questions every Friday and everything else will stay the same. We know Curiosity Daily is probably a big part of your daily routine. So trust us when we say we did not come to this decision lightly. But believe me, it'll be worth it in the long run. It's going to be great. And now let's recap what we learned today. Today, we learned that cougars and coyotes got smaller and adapted to their environments to survive climate change. And that you really can acquire a taste for both biological and psychological reasons. And that blowing on a hot food or liquid actually does cool it down. In my research on that question, I also found that my particular method of trying to cool things down also works, which is stirring, because you get all of those hot molecules closer to the top and they can escape. Whoa. Yeah. Join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Stay curious. Stay curious.